Welcome to the Quartering Podcast for Thursday, the 27th of October. First up, Elon Musk officially buys Twitter. It's done, and the media is losing its minds. I suspect we're going to have uh, more than a few uh, Twitter news videos today, as I believe currently he's meeting with Twitter staff, and I'm, everything I'm sure will leak out of that. Uh, the he also made some he also addressed some some stuff about the firings which I'm going to cover in a follow up video here, but I'd say it's all but official now. The deal is done. Uh, the money is already transferring, uh, and Elon himself, Elon Musk, I bought Twitter. Elon Musk is officially Twitter's new dad, at least according to Elon Musk, who says he hopes the platform will continue to be a digital town square for years, years to come. The Tesla SpaceX boss explained his reasons for the $44 billion purchase Thursday, saying there's currently a great danger in social media that will splinter into far right and far left wing echo chambers that generate more hate and divide our society. He continues, in the relentless pursuit of clicks, much traditional media has fueled and catered to these polarized extremes as they believe that's what brings in the money. But in doing so, the opportunity for dialogue is lost. That's why I bought Twitter. It didn't, I didn't do it uh, because it would be easy, and I didn't do it to make more money. I did it to help humanity, whom I love. And I do so with humility, recognizing that failure in pursuing this goal, despite our best efforts, is a very real possibility. Elon's Twitter bio also reflects his new purchase as well, calling himself Chief Twit. There's also a video circulating this week showing the guy roaming around about headquarters with moving boxes. Like we said, it closes on the book. It closes the book on what turned out to be a bitter acquisition, one that almost didn't happen when Elon threatened to pull out at the last minute. That's something he normally doesn't do. Remember, he said that Twitter wasn't giving enough info on bots and spams and all this kind of stuff. There's been talk about what Elon might aim to change at Twitter now that he's in charge. You recall it all started with gripes about free speech being severely limited on the platform, and all signs point to him loosening the rules a bit about what's acceptable to tweet, much to the chagrin of many critics, including current employees. Well, good. You see that uh, here, I want to pull up the bank article. Banks have started, this was late yesterday, 6.44 p.m. Banks have started sending to send the $13 billion in cash Backing Elon Musk's Twitter takeover, signaling the $44 billion deal for the social media companies on track to close by the end of the week. I mean, you're not sending the money unless all the I's are dotted and all the T's are crossed. Like, that's quite frankly, um, you know, that's the last step is the money. You also saw this article here where he tweeted out basically the only, you know, something that the owner would tweet out. I wanted to reach out personally to share my motivation in acquiring Twitter. That's been much speculation about why I bought it and what I think about advertising. Most of it's been wrong. The reason I acquired Twitter is because it is important to the future of civilization to have a common digital town square where a wide range of beliefs can be debated in healthy, a healthy manner without resorting to raising hands. There is currently great danger that social media will splinter into far right and far left wing echo chambers that generate more hate than divide our society. In the relentless pursuit of clicks, much of traditional media has fueled and catered these polarized extremes as they believe that's what brings in the money. So we saw this quoted in the article. Um, that's why I bought Twitter. I didn't do it because it would be easy. I didn't do it to make more money. I did it to try to help humanity whom I love. 
And I do so with humility, recognizing the failure of pursuing this real possibility. He goes, that said, Twitter obvious cannot become a free-for-all hellscape where anything can be said with no consequences. In addition to adhering to the laws of the land, our platform must be warm and welcoming to all, where you can choose your desired experience according to your preferences, just as you can choose, for example, to see movies or play video games ranging from all ages. I also very much believe that advertising, when done right, can delight, entertain, and inform you. It can show you a service, your product, or material, medical treatment that you never knew existed, but it's right for you. For this to be true, it's essential to show Twitter users advertising that is as relevant as possible to fit their needs. Low relevancy ads are spam, but highly relevant ads are actually content. That's fair. Fundamentally, Twitter aspires to be the most respected advertising platform in the world that strengthens your brand and grows your enterprise. To everyone who has partnered with us, I thank you. Let us build something extraordinary together. Now, this was his uh, walking with the kitchen sink video now has a million likes. Um, you know, I think obviously this is a signal here to the existing advertisers. Very, very important revenue source. There are features that people might pay for. I actually thought about because yesterday um, Elon basically said that there's going to be more opportunities for content creators, including long form video. Somebody told me that uh, Twitter Blue for five bucks will allow you to upload, I think, 10 minute videos, which is fine, you know, perfect for my length of video. And it'd be nice to upload them because, you know, Twitter doesn't exactly promote like when I put out a tweet and I link to, to YouTube, nobody sees that tweet because it, what it happens is Twitter sees that people are leaving the platform. So they don't like to promote that. Um, and you have, you know, a lot of open conversation, which is what's really awesome. He said meeting a lot of cool people at Twitter today. He also talked a lot about, um, you know, the possibility of adding video to the platform, uh, and paying, uh, creators people who tweet, monetizing that. Now, for me, I don't love seeing ads on Twitter videos, especially when it's like a 30 second video and then they have like a, a 30 second ad attached to it. They've got to do something like have overlays or so, something like that, something low, lower, in, lower intrusive. I don't think I would want to be uploading videos if it was running like nonstop ads, especially if they were shorter videos. But it, it, it seems like, you know, it's just done now. Banks are transferring money. Elon Musk tells bankers that he plans to close a deal. Musk held a call Monday with banks providing the $13 million in debt. Banks are now taking the final steps of actually sending the cash. I mean, then you have Twitter employees get that sinking feeling <laughs> as Chief, uh, Chief Twit Elon arrives at, Mu at uh, Twitter HQ. Ever the Joker, when the regular people's livelihoods are at risk, Elon Musk tweet visited Twitter HQ ahead of a likely... Uh, buying uh, buyout carrying a porcelain sink, a potential sign that he tends to make big changes that Twitter employees fear may include job cuts. There's no deal formally announced. Well, I mean, I would say if they're, pa if they're passing the money, if the money's getting spread around, the deal's done. Uh, you're, not, you're not doing that until, you know, <laughs> the, the money, you're not doing that um, unless everything's done. Then Elon Musk has acquired... Uh, Twitter amid Trump concerns. Elon Musk has claimed that, quote, he acquired Twitter in a post to social network, reassuring advertisers 
that it will stay a safe place for their brands amid fears of his first actions as chief executive will be to restore Donald Trump's account. I, I don't think... I mean, he'd probably restore Babylon B first, to be honest with you. After months of uncertainty whether it or not the deal is going to go through, despite Musk's use of the past tense, he does not, quote, legally, he didn't legally own Twitter at the time sent, and the company continues to trade on the New York Stock Exchange. The final paperwork is expected to be completed this afternoon. In a sign of market confidence that, uh, that the purchase would go ahead, the platform shares were 1%. Rose 1% to $53.90, close to the $54.20 a unit at the agreed price. Um, stock, stock friends, um, is, uh, is, that, is that better for him now that the stock is like trading at really what he's paying? $53.94 now? Now they suspended, tra they suspended uh, trading at $53.94. So now is it that he's, I don't understand this, so maybe someone can explain, maybe in an email or um, in the comments. So the way I understand it now is he's only overpaying by 26 cents. Is that, is that right? Or is he still like really, really overpaying? I, I don't understand the market. That's why I don't really do any trading. Um, you know, everyone had a little fun with the GameStop stuff, but you could see that like, mainstream media is is freaking out i mean that that's exactly what it is twitter was already scrambling uh for the midterms now comes musk why do you think they're writing this article just like you know venture a guess why you think they're writing this article it's because they know that twitter is extraordinarily important to the left-wing political sphere they know that it is docky docky do you want to stay here Let's get this off your tail. There you go. Um, they know that it's extraordinarily important because of the existing left-wing bias that's on the platform. What they're worried about, I think, they'll say, oh, misinformation, or, oh, my God, I'm so worried about uh, these. What they're really worried about is losing control. You know, you see this article in the Washington Post, owned by Jeff Bezos. The social media firm's ongoing shakeup raises doubts about its ability to rein in election lies. That's not actually what they mean. They mean that they don't want the free flow of information for both sides. Now, do political candidates spread misinformation? Yeah, but the thing is, both sides do it. I'm pretty sure everyone's seen those, vi those video compilations of like Hillary Clinton and Stacey Abrams you know, being uh, deniers of results. Um, but nobody ever talks about that. They don't get banned from the platforms. They don't get, uh, you know, called treasonous because they're Democrats. Uh, so I think that's really what they're worried about. Anybody who thought, by the way, and I've said this since Jump Street, anyone who thought that Twitter was going to be able to, like, return as, like, you know, this Wild West, you're an idiot. Like it's and I said this from Jeff, you still have to adhere to the rules of Google Play, which includes spurious rules about hate speech and things of that nature. You still have to abide by the rules of the iTunes, the Apple Store. It's not like people are going to be able to you know, be saying whatever the heck they want. I think the bans will lighten and you know, the permanent bans will go away for most people. And I think that as long as the rules are enforced equally and the shadow banning and the, and the de-boosting goes away, this is a huge win for uh, democracy, a huge win for users. 
and it makes me want to come back to Twitter now. Like, if I start seeing the shadow banning and deboosting go away, like, I'll definitely come back. But it's it just got to the point where it was like the only people uh, I ever interacted with were like, you know, a few fans and then like dozens of super dedicated hate accounts. Uh, and it was just boring. So if my actual viewers start to get to see my videos, that might be something. And next up today, Elon Musk mobbed at Twitter HQ as employees rage about massive layoff rumor. Inside Elon Musk's very first day at Twitter, in which he uh, announced slash addressed the massive layoff rumor among a whole bunch of other topics. You saw in my video yesterday, uh, Elon literally arriving with a literal kitchen sink in his hand. And uh, there's pretty much nothing more hilarious than that. Uh, as I'm making this video, we know that he is currently meeting with Twitter staff. So I'll probably uh, have another video later today to wrap up everything that happened there. We saw earlier today that uh, Elon put out kind of a PR release to advertisers saying, hey, you know, not a lot is going to change. I don't think a lot need to, needs to change either. I mean, honestly, get rid of the shadow banning, get rid of the deboosting, you know, fix the algorithm so that uh, people can actually see the content from the creators that they want and get rid of the bots. They're also talking about adding full-length video features, which I think would be really cool uh, because, well, I mean, honestly, I tweet out a lot of videos and Twitter suppresses them because it links back to YouTube. So if Twitter can monetize that, um, that'd be just another way for people to see my videos, which I think would be great. Even talked about it being a competitor to YouTube. Well, let's get into everything from today, including the layoffs. Inside Elon Musk's first day at Twitter, with one of his kids in tow, Musk was mobbed in the coffee shop and employees asked about his reported plan to cut 75% of the workforce. It's finally sinking in that Elon Musk is going to be the owner of Twitter. On Wednesday morning, Musk walked into the San Francisco headquarters of the social media company he's been pursuing on and off for most of the year. Entering Twitter HQ, let that sink in, Twitter, uh, Musk tweeted, on Friday, the billionaire is expected to close his $44 billion acquisition, setting the Twitter on a radically new course that will likely involve massive job cuts, a mountain of debt, and ambitious goals of turning the company into a super app, which rivals the power and reach of Tencent's WeChat. I'm all for it, by the way. 100% all for it. I mean, if people can see my videos there, if people, you know, and people can uh, actually follow me and interact with me there, if people if they have live chat built in they have all this kind of stuff heck yeah um now musk was swarmed at the coffee shop musk also showed up at the coffee shop inside of tours hq along with his toddler from his relationship with grimes according to an employee who witnessed the episode musk ordered a coffee then was swarmed by about 40 people he talked for about an hour at one point he was asked about the washington post report that he was planning to cut 75 percent of staff Musk replied that he didn't even know where that number came from. According to the employee, the person asked not to be identified as discussing private matters. A Twitter spokesperson also did not request reply to request for comment. The Washington Post story explained that Musk had told prospective co-investors co -investors, that the deal he intended to reduce the number of Twitter employees by up to 75%, which would, 
which would leave with roughly 2,000 people. However, a presentation deck that Musk shared with prospective investors and banks detailed an increase in Twitter's headcount by almost 50% from where it is today over the course of about three years, according to New York Times. Employees will likely get more answers on Friday when Musk is due to speak to his new workforce. Now, it's going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out because, you know, I, I didn't believe that he was going to cut 75% of people, especially all willy-nilly. He's not going to just walk in there and say, all right, everyone line up. And like every fourth person, you get to keep your job. Um, he needs to get like collect lots of data to see who does what, what kind of you know work quality they do. What do they, he, I mean, it's not like he knows about every little department inside this building. How could he possibly be making cuts like this? Um, what he'll probably do is name a new CEO. I don't suspect, excuse me, I don't expect any major cuts this year. How could he? Um, Christmas time is the biggest advertising time of year. Twitter needs to secure advertising to make money. They need to roll out new features to make money. They need to get people to pay for things like Twitter blue by adding features. I never thought of paying for it, but with the 10 minute video, uh, thing that I can upload, I might actually do it, but it's because I'm a content creator and not like, you know, there's a lot less of us than the people that use Twitter, but there's some funny memes that came out of this. That face when you when you can't believe this is happening to you. Uh, here's Elon, by the way, looking swole. Uh, <laughs> her face. Now maybe she's just like, you know, intently listening. You know, uh, definitely doesn't look very happy though. Uh, then you have, uh, wait, what happened? They blocked me. I didn't even. No. What? How did this happen? Oh, that's so sad. Hold on. Let me see if I can figure this out. Why block me? I didn't even at them. Oh, they're protected. Okay. 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 Well, it was like a legendary meltdown um, where they were like, oh, and it got like 40,000 retweets, by the way. And then they were just getting dunked on from everybody. This is like a senior engineer at Twitter. Yeah, senior iOS engineer at Twitter, vegan, marathon runner, dog lover, and pizza fan. You see this previous tweet, to balance things out, I visited the White House today and flipped it off. Wow, that's uh, totally not unhinged. You can see, if you ran your business, honestly, none of this would be happening. 15,000 likes. Um, it's, it's so funny to me that they're just like, well, you're fired. Trump voice, just start your own Twitter. Uh, nothing has validated Elon's announcement more than the behavior of Twitter employees since the announcement. This person <clears throat> essentially tweeted out that like it was ridiculous. Or he, they replied to Elon directly and said, uh, "I'm paraphrasing, but I'm, I mean, I've earned enough trust with you. You know that you know I'm not making this up." Um, it said something along the lines of uh, replying to Elon or quote tweeting Elon, who had said, "I met I met a lot of cool people at." at Twitter today. And then she quote tweeted it and said something like, yeah, was it nice to look everyone in the face of the 75% of people you're going to lay off? We deserve some basic human decency, like job security. So everyone like dunked on her and said, actually, no, job security is not a basic human right. And you sound entitled. Now, have you tried building your own Twitter? That's what you kept telling us when you banned us. 
might want to try her approach. Um, welcome, just saying welcome instead of, you know, like uh, being a, a lunatic. You know, and, and on this on top of, by the way, like, <laughs> again, he already said that, oh yeah, pronouns in the bio too, all this stuff, you know, it's, it's absolutely, here's some also tweeting, F the 4th of July, what freedom do we have? Are you joking? Are you, like, are you joking? And, and there's like just lots more of, I wish somebody had screenshot of the, the tweet because it was totally unhinged, but uh, they received some instant backlash. And then you see like this video, um, a day in the life of a Twitter employee. No wonder Elon Musk is firing 75% of them. It's just like one of those weird cringe videos where like some like uh, rich entitled brat like doesn't do any work and talks about how great the food is and going, I did yoga and then I did a meeting and then I went on the roof and I got some, I made some espresso and then I got a wine. Like that's, if that's what your day is like at work, like you're gone. You're not adding any value. Blue check tells Elon Musk, he better meet Twitter employees demands or else he'll lose them. And LOL. We're really sorry. We missed this from a couple days ago when Twitter employees released their list of demands for Elon Musk. What's really funny about Zach Cantor's tweet is that he seems to think Elon would be upset about losing 75% of his staff when he's openly talking about laying that many off. And the way some of them have been behaving on Twitter, we're not, uh, we're not surprised. Yeah, you see this article, article here, entitled Whiny Twitter Employee Openly Talking Smack at Elon Musk does not go well at all. Oh, this is it. This is it. Okay. Uh, not sure we'd talk smack to the guy who's buying Twitter. Silly Twitter employee. Hey, we get it. Twitter employees are probably pissed that they will no longer be able to control the narrative. But oh well, such is life. And while we're not Twitter employees, we're pretty sure we wouldn't openly tweet smack at the guy who will be deciding our future. Um, not smart. Hey, Elon Musk, thanks for vi visiting Twitter San Francisco. Hope you enjoyed your coffee at The Perch. Just one question. Was it fun to look at the faces of people you said you'd be laying off? That was the initial tweet. Um, what this shows is how entitled the employees really are and how they feel untouchable. Oh, and if you're wondering how the Twitter employee, employees likely lean, shows the tweet about greatest country in the world. For who? By the reply, such entitlement when your company has been bleeding through cash for the years, uh, like the perch. Um, one thing everyone's about to learn, Elon will manage the business tightly and efficiently. If teams aren't highly productive, cross-functional, adaptive, and willing to put in tons of time, He's got no use for them and, and will build one that is. A cushy nine to four job will not be this. Then someone else wrote, what did you get done this week? As a reference to uh, you know, Elon Musk uh, and Parag Argawal. He's definitely going to remember your face when he fires you. Uh, ain't no charity. When's your last day at Twitter? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, just like this did not go well at all. Oh, and here's, yeah, such entitlement. Oh, it just disappeared in real time. I didn't even refresh that. Um, so I, I think that the meltdown's been pretty hilarious. I don't know if I'd be openly talking smack. I mean, maybe, you know, you get a bunch of likes and retweets, but you can't pay the mortgage with that. Uh, so, I mean, good on you. Uh, I keep saying, by the way, that he's meeting with them today. It's actually tomorrow. So um, we'll have to see uh, uh, exactly when that might be
And next up, Amazon removing Rings of Power showrunners, wild rumour about massive changes after fans hated show. Some interesting little bit of news has come out about Rings of Power. I know many people have kind of migrated away in the videos themselves about Rings of Power. Don't uh, quite get everyone as worked up as they used to be, but I think it's important to stay up on it given that we see the ratings in these delayed sections, like many, many weeks after the show's off the air, we're still only seeing like episode four's ratings. And also looks like there is, at least according to a new rumor, that there is some major changes to the showrunners and the Rings of Power has already been dethroned by a new Amazon show called The Peripheral, which I admit uh, is a interesting uh like looking show, an interesting concept. Um, but it, it's like they didn't spend anywhere near the money and it got dethroned already. The Lord of the Rings Ring of the Power spent only six weeks as the number one piece of content streaming on Amazon Prime Video. Now it's already been dethroned by newly arrived series, The Peripheral. The Peripheral stars Chloe Grace Mortz. I don't know. I, I don't really care how to pronounce that. And, the, and Westworld creators Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy serving as executive producers. It's based on the book by the same name, written by William Gibson. As you can already guess, it depicts yet another variant of the future where technologies are altered, our society deeply. It focuses on the struggles of the character, a woman trying to hold it together, pieces of her broken family. Um, but what's interesting is for now, Peripheral only has two episodes available with two with more to arrive weekly going forward but it still managed to reach the top spot, reaching out, uh, beating out Rings of Power. That's actually pretty nuts. When you think about it, like it's already like, it's already off the list. It's already been dethroned. It's already been like forgotten. Nobody new is coming in and rewatching the season. No, no word of mouth is helping the advertising. It's just bad. And everyone moved on. And now you have this article. Uh, Amazon now to retool Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. Sideline current showrunners after season was, quote, more of a failure than they could have imagined. This is via boundinginacomics.com. Word of this apparent shakeup was first suggested by noted film critic and industry insider, film threat founder Chris Gore during an appearance on the 314th episode of The Midnight's Edge in the Morning. In discussing the series' first season finale with the day's panel, Gore was eventually asked by the host, what have you heard about your peers in the industry? Is everyone so impressed with the Rings of Power like showrunners suggest we should be? To the, which the critic admitted back, uh, no. In fact, said Gore, that there is that not only were his industry contacts unimpressed with season one, but the reception to it was so generally abysmal that Amazon has set out to course correct for season two. Now, just so everyone knows, like this is something I applaud if true. Um, you know, they spent the money. You got to dance with the girl you brought to the, you know, you brought to the prom or whatever here, but like. I think it would be better for Tolkien fans if the if the product was actually good, like you know if it, if it wasn't just five four straight years of us complaining about how it's terrible. Quote: 
I heard from someone who has a connected Amazon that if you want to know, the effectively they're going to be retooling, he explained. And Patrick McKay, uh, Payne and Patrick McKay are more than likely, they're not going to be publicly fired, but their roles will be reduced. Potentially just remaining in the writer's room, he added, but my understanding is that they're looking for more experienced showrunners. To this end, Gore detailed that Amazon is well aware of the problems before noting that while they are uh, what they publicly say, there's also what they're actually doing behind the scenes. And what they're doing behind the scenes, he then asserted, is freaking out that it was more than a failure than they could have anticipated. Now, to, you know, in response to this, people will say, you know, it still had pretty insane viewership numbers. And I don't think that it would be uh, intellectually honest to like pretend that that's not true. I mean, unless Amazon just outright lied. That's why I'm curious of what like, you know, the, the, what, what the week over week over week over week viewership really was. As to what caused the company higher-ups to have sensibly sit up and act together, Gore speculated that there were three key reasons. I think the quality of the show was the number one thing he first opined. Audiences are like, why am I watching this? This is sleep-inducing. The second thing is a total rejection from the fans. He suggested, I can't believe there have been so few people who remain who still like it. And thirdly is the direct competition of House of Dragon. He concluded, even like pre-seed and post-seed, the shows of the show's airing, it started earlier and ending later, thus keeping in viewers' consciousness for a longer period of time. Through the years, before Gore's speculation is outright confirmed or denied, though it may be years before it's denied or accepted, the uh, roughly low audience scores currently held by the series and review aggregate sites, Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes, make it clear that something should be done by Amazon to hopefully justify the $1 billion Lord of the Rings investment. As of writing, Rings of Power currently holds a collective 2.5 out of 10 across 2,400 sites. Now, let me just say this. I don't know Chris Gore directly, and I don't know what kind of contacts he has. Um, he certainly, you know, um, you know, seems well-connected from, like, the, the things that I've seen with him. Uh, but, like, this is still just hearsay. I mean, it's, um, you know, I hope he's right. For Tolkien fans, like legitimately, I hope he's right because you just, these audience scores are, I mean, the audience scores are not wrong, right? 35,000 people left a rating and the show still only has a 39%. User score on Metacritic's a 2.5. So, you know, I think that it would be ideal if they did retool it, but it's still just like, there are a couple other YouTubers out there that always have quote-unquote anonymous sources and then a bunch of websites pick it up and present it as absolute fact. And so I just want to be careful. I'm not trying to shade him. I'm just saying, you know, it's, it's a really convenient thing to say when then you're like, well, we won't know for three years. Well, no one's going to remember then, but we'll see. I can't imagine sidelining the showrunners after one season, but I mean, desperate times call for desperate measures, I suppose. Clearly, even without delving into the massive waves of discourse surrounding the, on the honoring of Tolkien's work or the cast and crew insulting of the author's fans, the series had failed to land with viewers. And while some may feel justified in pointing to its respective 71 out of 100 and 85% fresh ratings from critics, the numbers are provably suspect thanks to Amazon studio boss Jennifer Selke's own admission 
that they were censoring reviews from critics who had points of view that they wouldn't support, which suggests an obvious slant in the sentiments communicated by those reviews, which were actually published. We also remember all those influencers. They flew out to that, that castle and they took all those pictures and stuff like that. Those people aren't even making rings content. Did you notice that? They're like completely gone. Those videos are unlisted and they're not even talking about the show. The entire embarrassing first season of Amazon's Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power is now streaming on, on Prime. Um, you know, and also, uh, by the way, Amazon attempted to slant public perception for the series in their favor. The fact that Rings of Power still holds such a terminally low audience score speaks volumes for just how little audience audiences truly enjoyed it. I think, um, you know, that there's a lot of people that dislike the show for a lot of reasons, and I don't think it's easy to, like, just put them all together. But, I mean, what you have is a situation where Tolkien like lore fans hate it, which is a, a small group of people, you know, like uh, statistically speaking of the larger audience, they hate it. Then you have like the normie casual Tolkien fans, like that would be me. I don't know, I, you know I'm not 100% sure that, you know, Galadriel never went to Numenor, like some people are. Um, but when you find that out, you're like, oh, geez. So you find out that, that they're bending the lore in many ways, and that's annoying. I think for the average person, it's just so damn boring. The show is just so boring. And they spent all this time building up Galadriel, who is, quite frankly, an extremely unlikable character. Um, and, you know, like, some people out there may just be getting sick of the nonstop female girl boss-led shows. Um, even the new Amazon show to another female lead. I'm not saying female leads are bad. It just feels like it's like 100% of new product properties coming out. And it's like, I just don't want to see no I mean, you know, girl bosses punching guys through drywall. Like you got a 50-year-old Queen Latifah doing on the, whatever that show is that she's on. The I forget what it is. It's the same name as the movie. Anyway, like... I just don't, I don't care to see that. It's not interesting to me, um, you know, and that's the ring, Rings of Power thing. So even here, Rings of Power writer defends the show's biggest change to Tolkien canon. You shouldn't be defending anything. You should be like, you know, <laughs> Tolkien showrunner responds uh, like <laughs> to uh, universal praise of their show. That'd be interesting to see if they fix season two they, from what I understand, season two is ye more than a year away, which I think is probably worse for the brand than people know because people are really going to forget it and they're going to have to re-spin up all that marketing dollars again. But we'll have to wait and see. Let me know what you think in the comment section down below. Do you think that, they are, they, that they've gotten rid of the, these two big-name showrunners uh, already? I mean, big problems require, require big solutions, so it's possible. And last up today, G4 TV just brutally disrespected fired employees and they lash out on Twitter. Zoiks! This must burn. Uh, as you all know, basically G4 TV crumbled last week, or was it two weeks ago? Uh, there were a lot of emotions there for a lot of fans and, and people who were nostalgic. We had previous uh, members 
of the show speaking out against the idea that their show needed to be fixed. Uh, I covered that in the other the other video, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, we also had kind of some rumors circulating around that you know the work environment had become openly hostile. Uh, this is something that was retweeted by Froskuren, saying basically like managers and employees were you know battling back and forth. We also had certain reveals, um, the insane amounts of money that were they were paying people. But last night was perhaps one of the biggest, like this thing probably cut deep for the people that, you know, were fired with no severance and no notice and finding out on social media. It cut very deep. Now I covered this article a little bit earlier this week where Nathan Grayson kind of breaks down um, you know, all the reasons that G4 TV failed. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. I do not believe that, you know, Frost is the sole reason it failed. In fact, it's poor leadership, almost definitely poor leadership. Um, you don't spend that kind of money on, on e-celebs to show up on your show. Um, you don't start with that massive of a staff. There's just no need for it. Um, you don't pay those people those kind of gigantic salaries. There's no need for that. Um, you know, and like, it's just, it had no chance to survive whatsoever because I mean, they were bringing in like no money. I mean, as a YouTuber, even though I don't get like those sweet family friendly ad rates, I know that they weren't making more than five grand a month and they were spending hundred grand a month. It seemed like, uh, and so he talked about like a wide variety of things. Now, some of my insiders have reached out to me, though, earlier uh, this week and indicated that some changes were going to get made, not just on the website, but also that the entire back catalog of YouTube videos for G4TV was likely to be deleted. They said that before what happened last night. So last night, there was a uh, weird update to G4 TV um, on the website itself, they made a change. I saw a tweet from Gina Darling who wrote, um, oh, she unfollowed me quick. Oh, Gina, all right. All right, I thought maybe she'd come on the show. Um, wow, the G4 TV website, just wow. Um, man, that hurts. They stopped, not us, exactly. So what is it exactly? Um, so we go to the G4 TV website and it just says, we stopped playing. Like, <laughs> why? Like, like, first of all, the way it's spaced out, it seems pretty obvious that like, you know, you should say we never stopped playing, but I, I don't really understand. So they basically said, hey, checkmate, we quit. We never stopped playing though, blah, blah, blah. Um, and you see a lot of this, like they should have done this, put the frost there, same piece. I don't really know who the, who the actual, um, you know, people are, but like you can see this is screen record, um, confused by who is G4. So, so this was like the entire G4 website just a few hours before. So they had, lots of content, um, and they scrubbed it. I suppose inevitably 
you had to scrub it, you know, um, and this was the top here with the, you know, the classic TV bit. So then they just simply updated to, we stopped playing. And there's a lot of people, Danny Pena, I think also worked there, um, formerly of G4 TV. Yep. He wrote, they stopped, not us. And if you go to the website after some like, uh, backlash, it, they updated it, uh, updated it to, we never stopped playing. I mean, just like kind of another perfect example uh, of, of just the dysfunction. Uh, you know, G4 Select from Pluto TV comes to an end as G4 shuts down. Uh, G4 continues to bite the dust with the loss of Pluto TV channel. The incredibly rapid outbreak and unfortunate G4 news might have been prophesized by players and critics alike for a while. Overall viewership began to decline for one reason or another. Yet it still comes as a shocker, especially since Comcast Spectator attempted to revive the entire network in it after its initial closure in 2014. Back when the initial relaunch was underway, the network would spread its ring to launch Twitch, YouTube TV, and Pluto TV, and a couple of other services. Now that the network says goodbye to Pluto TV, where it showcased selected content from the network's broadcasting, it would play the same. It would also play the same shows as regular G4 channel through a rotation wasn't always aligned together. It was merely another free way to enjoy X-Play, Attack of the Show, Name Your Price, and all the other programs if you weren't in the loop on the Twitch stream. Sadly, the aforementioned channel no longer exists, leaving up its archive footage elsewhere to satisfy that G4 craving. As of this writing, the G4 TV YouTube channel is still up, along with any previously uploaded content. Will the channel be taken down? We're certainly unsure, regardless there's time to catch up on the content. Well, my sources say they will be taking it down. I don't know why. It doesn't really make sense. Why, why delete it? I mean, that just doesn't make any sense at all to me. Um, but maybe it's like a financial thing. Like if you're rolling back, you know, but I mean, I mean, if you just look at the views, you know, Michael Myers face reveal two weeks ago, five, thousand views that's it like five thousand views like you know attack of the show getting seven thousand viewers unless they were getting like a zillion views on twitch which we know they weren't um what is this x play getting twelve thousand views nobody watched it the entire world had essentially moved on from this format and I really think it could have worked, um, but they just saddled themselves with so much debt and so much overhead. Like a, uh, if you look at the, um, the Grayson article, which I normally would never recommend, but uh, he does have some good inside information. You know, he talks about the blowback and G4 TV deleting the video, which I think is some of the open hostility that they talked about layoffs after layoffs and then the last group of people allegedly not even getting severance i don't know if people can actually confirm or deny that um but like it's they just nobody wanted to watch like scripted television shows about video games from people who are like i don't know actually i want to talk about the people um they seem nice to be honest with you i mean other than lunatic adam sussler and frost you know, say TLDR, get woke, get broke. Yeah, reading is hard. They just pissed away too much money. And uh, after a goof on, a, on the website, I would say, though, 
that the YouTube channel is, you know, people, my sources are telling me the YouTube channel is going to be deleted. Uh, and, and so if you have favorite episodes, if you have favorite clips, I would recommend uh, downloading them yourself. I'm sure there's something worth saving on this channel, but apparently Comcast doesn't think so. I hope you enjoyed this video. If you did, please do leave a like on it. And if you haven't yet, please do subscribe and we'll talk to you again real soon.